Welcome to the Advocates Advocates Podcast. This is our pilot episode where we simply take the complexity out of the complex world of beer, wine, spirits. I have with me an industry professional, Zach Barnes, owner of Great Flood. Go ahead and say hello, Zach. Hello, everyone. And we also have partner in crime. This show could not be done without him, Kenyatta Samuel. Hello, everyone. And Kenyatta is going to be more of an average uh, beer drinker. If you listen to the preview, know a little bit of my background. I'm currently a beer tender here at Great Flood where we're uh, recording. And in front of us, we do have three IPAs. That's India Pale Ales. And Zach, I want to ask you, I'm asked all the time, West Coast, East Coast, what does that mean? So please, to our listeners, what is a West Coast IPA characteristics? And what should they be looking for when they're drinking wine? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the first principle to realize and to remember uh, when you're talking about styles broadly um, is that a lot of the times the terms uh, can be used uh, for beers that are very much like in a, in a broad category. You put next to each other, you wouldn't expect necessarily that they would be considered in the same style. Uh, West Coast IPA, uh, as an example, uh, originated out of, I guess, the general term of an IPA, which is uh, the primary bitter, you know, floral, uh, citrus uh, flavor that hops provide uh, in a little bit more um, hefty amounts compared to like your normal ambers or your blonde ales. Uh, West Coast IPA is a like a subcategory of the IPA genre that is definitely more concentrated on the hop flavor and aroma with a solid amount of bitterness. Uh, the malt profile of the beer, although it matters, is less important to the overall kind of consensus thought on the beer. It's more of like what does the hop character bring uh, to the drinking experience for the consumer. So when, cons- when a consumer is tending to, to reach out for a West Coast IPA, what they should expect is a solid bitterness, usually a lot of citrus fruit, some sort of pine flavor. Um, any of those in any type of um, kind of combination or percentage is well within spec for the style, uh, but you're definitely going to have some bitterness in most of these beers. All right, and Kenyatta, as an average beer drinker, do you prefer, were you aware of West Coast style? Do you have a preference of a West versus East? Um, are you an IPA guy yourself? Give us a little bit about what your take before tasting is, uh, just kind of looking at the beers in front of you. All right, well, uh, thank you, Spence, uh, for giving me the opportunity. And um, I would say pretty much I am an IPA person, uh, pretty much because of the bitterness and the hoppiness. I'm, I guess uh, people consider me a hophead. And, you know, between East Coast and West Coast IPAs, uh, I probably tend to gravitate more towards the West Coast IPA because of that bitterness. And to be honest, um, probably about in the last year and a half, I've probably started to realize there's a such thing as an East Coast IPA. Okay. Because the majority of IPAs I've tasted on the market have been West Coast style IPAs. And then, you know, you move into some of the East Coast brands, um, very different in taste and style. And, you know, and, you know, they're very appealing in some situations. But for the most part, I would say I gravitate more towards the West Coast IPA. Excellent. Excellent. Well, without further ado, we are going to uh, turn our attention to the three beers in front of us. Again, to our listeners, we've got three of the same style beers. These are all IPAs or India Pale Ales. We are going to start with beer number one. We do have a very simple grid that we follow. It's simply sight, 
smell, taste, finish, and conclusion. So, gentlemen, we'll start with our sight on beer number one. What do you see? What do you notice? And what what do you expect from a sight on a West Coast IPA? Maybe, Zach, you can take that. Yeah, absolutely. So what you tend to expect at first glance of a West Coast IPA is uh, first and primarily uh, especially in compared to their other uh, style uh, comparisons with like Northeast IPAs or Midwest IPAs, uh, it's going to be exceptionally clear. Usually, you know, especially uh, you know, you shouldn't be expecting too much chill haze. It should have a nice clarity, um, and then also like an orangish to yellow uh, tint, an SRM uh, you know rating that that puts it well within like the orange category to, to like darker yellow. Um, is something to be expected. This beer fits as well uh, as do all the other examples as well. Uh, so that's always a good a good first sign. Excellent. So Kenyatta, are you uh, are you agreeing with Zach? The sight of this beer is uh, typically what you find in a West Coast IPA. Um, well, I'm seeing rather. I rather I think this one hay. looks, and maybe this is me because I'm not the expert, but this one looks a little hazier than the other two from the look off the bat. Um, as far as tasting goes, I'm not tasting much of the bitterness or hoppiness I would expect. Okay. So it's calmer. Um, there's, in my, I guess in my in my words, it's not a bad beer. Actually, I mean I could definitely drink this, but this would um, I would not expect this to be, you know, an IPA that I'm going to consider a West Coast IPA. Sure. Sure. So not a, a West Coast fit in that, but on the nose, exactly. Tell us what uh, what to expect when you essentially smell the beer. That's what we we mean by the nose or the bouquet. I think exactly uh, as you would assume with West Coast IPAs, typically primarily uh, revolving around the hop character of the beer, is that aroma is going to have a huge part of that. Uh, aroma you should sense a little bit of the hop character of the beer kind of before you even taste it. Uh, you should be able to smell the approach before you uh, put it in your mouth. And I think that like with that, um, you know, all being equal, you know, <coughs> smelling the citrus aroma, sm smelling like, uh, it, <laughs> you right over there? <laughs> he's, getting, he's getting a second and third opinion about that beer. Right? That's, um, uh, that's our average drinker over there. Notice the professionals are keeping it down. <laughs> Um, so you should expect to get a little bit of the grapefruit rind, the, the citrus, the pine, the, uh, you know, the, the hop character in the aroma. Um, it's not going to be the exact same as when you taste it. That's just how our, our body processes aromas like differently than it processes taste. Um, you should be able to expect a little bit of a, you know, a nice uh, kind of floral aroma as, you, as you're first tasting. Excellent. So if I can ask a question from the average beer drinker perspective. Please. Um, you know, and does temperature impact how the bitterness or how those hops present themselves? Yeah, yeah. I think that uh, temperature of a beer that you're drinking uh, usually um, affects like the flavor profile pretty greatly. Okay. Uh, obviously, as you go through the styles of beer, they all tend to have the recommended uh, serving temperature. Um, as you drink an IPA. It's more acceptable to be a little warmer than like your typical white American lagers that you'd be drinking like domestically. You obviously don't want it to be warm. Uh, with the like, as a beer warms, you tend to be able to taste the alcohol more uh, kind of directly, which sometimes is unpleasant to people. Um, and then also, 
uh, you know, some of that hop bitterness is accentuated as the temperature of the beer increases. All right, excellent, guys. Um, so we're going to move you. right on ahead on this uh, same beer, beer number one. And we're going to kind of do the taste and finish together. And for our listeners, um, the taste is simply exactly what you taste when, you, when you're drinking the beer. The finish is what you taste or the sensations that you feel after you have swallowed and finished the beer. Is it short, sweet? Is it um, bitter? Does it linger? And so, Kenyatta, I'd like to let you lead the way on this part of the discussion on what you're tasting and what your um, feel of the finish is. So, if we're going off of kind of the list, which we will post, and uh, you can go off as well, so we're not talking about. Um, as I've kind of had some more taste of this, um, I do taste some of the bitterness, but it's not as hitting me as I would expect. Um, I would say it's short. Um, and as far as the finish, I don't taste a lot of alcohol in it. Um, it's not necessarily a lasting finish. Um, I would say it's in between going off of this a short and flat finish. So it's in between. Okay, okay. And Zach, would, would you agree or are you getting something different maybe? I would tend to, I would tend to uh, understand his, uh, his synopsis of the beer. Um, for me, um, I tend to have a, a very like sensitive to bitterness palate. Uh, that's just like how I taste beers. Um, this has very solid bitterness up front and immediate. Uh, I don't get much hop aroma or flavor until probably a second and a half to two seconds into, uh, like, I guess, the taste, if you will. Um, after that, I get a solid grapefruit rind, which is like a little bit of like that, you know, um, you know, bitter but like enjoyable kind of taste you get when you bite into a grapefruit. Obviously, it's got some fruit uh, characteristics there um, with the citrus notes um, that I... I enjoy, but the primary taste that I get is like the taste of bitterness, and I think that uh, if you're looking in regards to like a West Coast IPA, I think that's pretty uh, well within spec. Um, I'm not super surprised by the profile here. I think the bitterness is lasting. I think after uh, you've swallowed for maybe two to three, almost four seconds, you can still almost taste the bitterness on your tongue. Um, solid mouthfeel uh, towards the heavy end of the mouthfeel. Uh, so it obviously, you know, seems a, almost a little thicker um, than maybe what you would typically expect out of like, uh, you know, more Midwest IPA or Northeast IPA. So. Sure, excellent. And um, so in conclusion, I, what I've got is, you know, the color with this beer number one is on spec. It's kind of that yellow gold color. It may be a bit hazier than um, typically. Uh, you might see. Um, you definitely, I definitely smell this before I taste it, and then the taste actually matches what I smell, so that is where that hoppy, the hops, that bitterness is really playing effect in this IPA. Um, the finish, I'm actually going to agree with Zach. Um, I'm still kind of tasting it on the side of my tongue, uh, the back sides of my tongue. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily say that it is a uh, strong lasting flavor, but it definitely is calling me back for more. Um, so to conclude, well within spec for what it is that one should expect from an IPA. And I think, um, uh, too, another thing to remember as well with this, as we go through the rest of the beers, 
is that uh, an important quality is that was not discussed among the tasted is the malt profile of the beer. Um, and I think that that is absolutely perfect for a West Coast IPA. When you're drinking a West Coast IPA, um, those malt profiles, those malt bills, uh, the, how you build uh, the, the malt character of the beer, should all be essentially the same. Uh, should all be very unnoticeable, almost like second, uh, a second of importance to uh, the hop profile. So uh, it doesn't have strong caramels. It doesn't have uh, a strong like like backbone with mm-hmm. the malt character. Uh, I wouldn't say this is a balanced beer, but I think that's exactly what you're going for with the West Coast IPA. You're going for like strong bitterness, strong hop character, and I think that so, is what you get with this. So that's a great point that you just raised, and you know. From being the the average beer drinker who goes to crazy beer festivals mm-hmm. type of guy that I am, um, you know those are some things I don't know. So when you flip and talk about malt characteristics, when I think of malt forward versus hop forward, I think of stouts. I think of porters as being more malt forward. And when we start talking about malt profiles, we get into you know, I would call it 300, 400 level of beer tasting instead of 100, 200 level. And you kind of explained it very well. But from my perspective, when we talk, because when it comes to IPAs, I never think of malt. I'm mm-hmm. always looking at hops. Yeah. So when we, so at a high level, is there something that you can give to the average beer drinker who's a hop head of, hey, don't forget about malts. This is kind of a marker of good malt profile versus a different malt profile. I think too, like, yeah, I can speak to that. I think it's important for a consumer only in the sense that they know what they like uh, to okay. kind of be able to evaluate what they like and what they should expect. Okay. Um, at Great Flood, we don't necessarily expect a typical consumer to have a, to have a strong um, knowledge or a or, or a strong desire to really know the style to style differences between like a West Coast IPA and like the other IPA styles. Now, most recently, the Northeast IPA has become incredibly popular. Those are very easy to distinguish, and yes. in taste, they're very easy to distinguish. Yes. Now, broadly, like a difference between a porter and amber and an IPA is very easy to pick up, and I think people. Uh, tend to create their uh, impressions of that very, very immediately upon upon tasting. A lot of the times when you have people hanging up IPAs, they're saying like, you know, I don't like the bitterness. Well, yes, you probably don't like the bitterness, but you might like you might have had a West Coast IPA with your first experience, and that might not strike you very pleasantly uh, because that's probably the first thing you've had that's been upfront bitter. Uh, a Midwest IPA is a good example of an IPA that like you know mirrors balance to where a malt profile comes through and matters so you know if you're at a festival and you're drinking an IPA it's important to realize that like you know sometimes what you're getting is is a Midwest IPA or a Northeast IPA uh, versus a West Coast IPA because that should drastically change your expectations about what you're drinking. Very cool and we're going to and I'm going to come back to that point. I'm sure you Uh, all will cover that Oh yes, style yeah. to style oh, over yes. the course of the podcast. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I want to come back to that. That's actually a great point that you brought up. Sure. So, well, okay, fellas, we are um, going to move on to the second beer. So, here we go. Without further ado, beer number two. So we're going to follow the same tasting grid. The site 
I do agree with Kenyatta. It is a little bit more clear than uh, what beer number one was, but it still holds that beautiful golden yellow color. So that's the easy part. I'm going to take that. I'm going to go. <laughs> we'll uh, move the discussion forward to the smell. Um, Kenyatta, you did the taste and finish last time. I'm going to let you uh, uh, let us know what it is you're kind of smelling. Does it fit the West Coast that we've been discussing? Um, and is it something that fits your, your profile of what, what to expect? So, I'm picking up a little more woodiness in this one. Okay. If we're going down the aroma line, which, you know, maybe fits a little bit more into what I expect. The look definitely fits much more into what I expect. I mean, when I look at it, I'm like, okay, that's looking like an IPA that, that is not a hazy or other style IPA. But, um, you know, as far as, you know, the smell, it definitely is fitting more into that woody, nutty, piney type of area in my mind. So being the, uh, being the, being the layman at the table, which is uh, kind of different, which is good. <laughs> so. All right, and Zach, that leaves uh, taste and finish for you. Great, great. Uh, <laughs> no, so I, I actually dig this beer quite a bit. Um, now, in relation to the West Coast IPA style, um, you know, it, it is definitely kind of on the other side of the parameters of, of, of bitterness and, and of, of flavor and aroma. It has a much stronger aroma to me and flavor um, than, the, than the first beer we tried. The bitterness is significantly uh, lessened compared to uh, the first beer as well. Um, I think this is probably falling within the 60 to 70 IBU ratio, which is or range, which is just a sheer number to evaluate the amount of hops that go into a beer. So when you say IBU, yep, yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you at that yep. point. It's an international bittering unit. Okay. Yep. Higher the number, the more bitter. It's Higher the taste. number typically means the mo the more bitterness that will be extracted during the boil of okay. the brewing of the beer. Um, obviously, like the. The important thing to remember when you're evaluating bitterness on a beer, though, um, is that IBUs by itself are only part of the picture. You're, you're, you're usually evaluating perceived bitterness, which is usually and better um, kind of associated with the bitterness ratio, the IBU ratio, uh, which is essentially like how bitter you think the beer is compared to its malt profile. Um, and so, like, you could have a beer, you got beers of varying IBU numbers but have a very similar perceived bitterness based on the IBU ratios being similar. So the IBU, so the actual IBU number is a quantitative number. Yes, but it also doesn't matter at all. Because you can, <laughs> you can, like most things in beer, some things don't matter, like a lot of things don't matter, and it all depends on like the perception of how that comes through in the final taste. So the ratio is more of a qualitative yeah. number. So this, okay. this is perceived to me to be a lighter-bodied, uh, lighter-bittered beer, Fewer hops used during the boil, mm -hmm. more hops of uh, the percentage of the hop bill uh, dedicated to the end of boil and then to dry hopping. Um, I get a lot of tropical fruit. I get um, a good amount of citrus fruit, not so much of like a bitter uh, lasting flavor. I think that in regards to like a personal taste, I, I prefer this more to the, than, than the first one where this is a little bit uh, easier to drink. Um, the taste is complete, 
you've uh, the beer is like kind of off your palate right by the time you take the next the next sip so, so so it's kind of interesting once again this is where you know coming from a difference I agree with you with the end result like this beer personally I enjoy better than the first beer but I think it in my mind has more bitterness to it and once again perceived bitterness where the case might be and but everything else you stated, I think it's spot on. Yeah. So this is, I enjoy this one. If I could maybe translate what perceived bitterness is, it's not necessarily what level the IBU actually is, but it's how much bitterness compared to that malt profile, which is that sweetness. Mm -hmm. And so maybe a less malt forward beer or a less sweet beer will show more bitterness. Is that? It's a pretty fair comparison. I think it's, it's somewhat incomplete, but I also think that the main thing is the body of the beer and the holistic picture. Perceived bitterness only of, is affected by like the whole picture of like what you do to make the beer a finished product. And so, okay. as you're evaluating the sweetness of the beer, um, but also the body, whether or not it's it's uh, it has a heavy mouthfeel um, or a a lighter, less viscous uh, mouthfeel. Um, those are all things to kind of keep in mind when you're talking about perceived bitterness. But essentially. When I'm on the other side of the bar listening to a, a customer evaluate one of our products, I, I I am listening for the perceived bitterness reaction, not not so much like I know what the IBUs are, I know right. what the math right. says we put in that into that, and I also know what the math says that the uh, bitterness ratio is. But the perceived bitterness is the important part because the perceived bitterness is what the customer is expecting or you know is not expecting that you're that you're kind of basing their judgment on the beer on. Um, so, Kenyatta, how about you uh, You sum up and give us a conclusion on what you think of uh, beer number two here? Beer number two, if we're going off the list, uh, it's definitely can I have more? Um, you know, now, there's an interesting question on it. I like the first beer. Uh, it seems like the alcohol seems to be a little more persistent in this beer to me than the other one. And that's not a bad thing. Um, it's just something that I've noticed in, in the drink, in the tasting of, huh, that's there. But definitely, um, you know, the first beer is, if we're rating, I'll drink it. Uh, this one is definitely, can I have more? So, I'm in. Beer number three. So, as we always do, we start with sight. Zach, you want to take what you're seeing? Yeah, it's a little bit hazier. Uh, has a little has a little bit of uh, cloudiness to it, um, which maybe is like numerous different uh, reasons for that. Um, I haven't smelled the beer yet. I haven't tasted the beer yet. Um, it's definitely got a solid orange color, which I appreciate quite a bit. Um, mm -hmm. I love that like level of orange and uh, a little bit like a red hue mixed with obviously like the yellow, um, depending on like where you're looking on the glass. I think it's a very complex coloring. Um, which I appreciate, but it is significantly less clear than the other uh, than the other examples, um, which is something to consider. Excellent, and Kenyatta, I see you've got your nose there in that beer. What are you picking up? What are you smelling? This one is, to me, seems to be much more piney and woody than the other beers that we've had. Say of the three, this is probably, you know. The smell comes out more persistent than the last beer, and then definitely the first beer. Mm -hmm. As far as the color goes, I, spot on. Um, 
you know, when I looked at it initially, I didn't notice the haziness. When I looked again, I'm like, there is a little bit of haziness, but the color almost overpowered that in my mind. I'm like, this is, just looking at it, I'm like, okay, this is what an IPA to me should look like. And I don't want to speak out of turn here, but I think that to the like a consumer, to a certain extent, you know, haziness, like, you know, this has a slight haze. This isn't like a New England IPA that you can't right. see through that's opaque. It's obviously like not dark. It's got that solid orange color. You can see through. You can see your hand through it. You can't see necessarily the detail of your hands or your right. fingers. Um, but it's like, you know, not super out of, of style. It's just a little less clear than the others. Um, but definitely that solid orange color. So, you know, incredibly pretty. Y'all mind if I take the taste on this one? Please do. All right, well, the number one thing that pops out <laughs> of my mind with this is an astringency or that kind of almost um, drying out feeling within my mouth and that comes from, you know, the bitterness of the hops. And I really enjoy that. This beer definitely picks up a bit more of that astringent, um, lingering finish that, I mean, I'm still kind of tasting it. I'm rubbing the, the tongue on the roof of my mouth, and it's almost this gritty feeling. I really enjoy that, um, especially with my IPAs. That's what I expect out of a good IPA for the most part. And um, I, I want to hear your all take uh, if you agree with me, if I'm on par. I or... think you're spot on uh, in my mind. I mean, I think everything you hit is there. Um, you know, if we're talking about finish, this finish is definitely a lasting finish. And, you know, I could say of the three that I've had, I know I've drunk an IPA when I've drunk this one. <laughs> it's definitely there. I mean, it it tells you I'm an IPA and then I'm West Coast. And, you know, it's, um, you know, if I'm, if I'm doing overall perception, this is excellent. You know, can I have more? So it's good. It's really good. And the answer is yes, you can have more. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I think that this is probably a, a very solid, of the three, the best example of a West Coast IPA, most purely. Uh, mm -hmm. It has very solid bitterness. The bitterness sticks with you. It's actually a more medium to light-bodied beer uh, in comparison to the first, which was very heavy. Um, this one actually, I think, begs for you to drink more of it uh, and doesn't punish you for that. Um, which I appreciate quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, I think that you it. could, yeah. I think you could drink yeah. 16 ounces of this and and then have another 16 ounces of this. Yeah, like, you know, this is just as enjoyable in the first class as it is the um, as it is the second, the third, whatever. Uh, drink safely, my friends. Uh, but anyway, yes. um, it's got solid citrus uh, flavor and aroma, but like the bitterness is like the primary aspect of this beer. Um, without having too much malt to get in the way, but you don't feel like you're drinking nothing but hop juice, um, which is which is great in my book. Um, I think that this sticks around just long enough to be perfect. Very big fan of this beer. This is, this is good. Solid. Well, are you guys curious as to what we've been drinking this entire time? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming they're all great flood beers. I'm, just, I'm kidding. They're, they're not. <laughs> all right, so... I need to ask you, what ranking, in what order would you put the beers that you just tasted? Kenyatta, I'm going to let you go first. Beer one, two, or three, in what order would you want to drink these? So, the, the last beer that we just had would be my top choice. 
the middle, the second beer that we had would be my second choice, and then the first beer that we had would be my third choice. So we're just going backwards down the line. We're going backwards down the line. I don't know if that's good or bad. Hey, it's your... I mean, quite frankly, it doesn't matter. It's your opinion. That is the mission of this podcast, actually, is to help people find what they love and love what they drink. That's Um, our motto. Thank you for saying the motto. But always drink responsibly. (laughs) Yeah, to your point, it's... uh, Look, I mean, as we go through this and we're, we're digging through, we're learning and we're going through everything, but, you know, IPAs are kind of one of my mainstays that I've always had, and I feel comfortable in, like, three, two, one, and it's, uh, you know, it's good. So I, I'd actually like to see what the reveal turns out, so. All right, and Zach? I would I would... I definitely agree with my first choice. I think the last beer we had, uh, I'm trying to frame all of this in regards to like the, the category of West Coast IPA. Sure. Uh, so as your listeners go around, they can kind of collect the information that we give them and, and maybe hopefully like that'll, that'll like dictate their, their purchasing choices or their drinking choices as they go forward. Um, I think that, this, that the last beer was the best example of, an I, of a West Coast IPA. I think the first beer we tried was the, probably the second best in my opinion. Just from like the West Coast IPA uh, perspective, if I'm expecting this, I think they executed well on that. Um, I think the bitterness there really struck through that like I I, I very much appreciated. Uh, had a slightly heavier mouth feel than the uh, third beer we tried, which is my favorite. Um, but I, I appreciate that. And then the, the the second beer was was a great beer. I uh, I think preferentially would drink that more than the, than the second place beer but I think that it was it was not quite as west coasty if you will uh, than than the other two sure sure alright the time that you all have been waiting for so wait we didn't hear your take so the thing <laughs> yeah. alright I'm not gonna give a take no <laughs> the thing with wine tastings is oh well you I actually know what poured they them, are so, yeah. so fair enough I don't want my judgment to be skewed by me knowing what I already know I like so fair enough the uh, and that's what's wonderful about blind tastings as Zach I'm sure you know is that's when you might find something that really surprises you and you say wow I would have never bought that but I'm really glad I tried it. I think that's the best thing too and this is like my one like this is the first podcast this is the one piece of wisdom that I would like to pass on to your listeners or the best of your ability try to go to new beers if you're trying new beers uh, with as open a mind as possible even to the point of not knowing what those beers are essentially giving the bartender free reign to give you based on what you tend to like um, their choices of what, what they're offering. If that's a great flood, that's great. If that's elsewhere, that's perfect. Um, but if they do flights, I would encourage you to try something and without, without knowing what it is, just like have it uh, and make, base your judgments on literally what you taste and not as much on the preconceived notions of the style. Ask about the style afterwards so you know, so you just like know how to base your future purchases. But really like what we've enjoyed as a company are introducing products to people that would not otherwise have tried them if they hadn't walked into our doors, which is like strictly uh, like a brewery, strictly beer, um, and and just like really allowing them to taste an ounce at a time and say like, you know, oh, you like wine, or oh, you know, you like this taste. Well, maybe you'll like a Belgian beer, even though you don't think you like beer because you've you've had an IPA and you weren't a big fan of that. 
well, you try this over here, and um, and then you end up liking it. You just you, you never quite know. Um, that's no expectation that you're gonna like everything you're gonna try, but I think that's a good first step to take. And to that point, somebody once told me. It's not that you don't like beer, it's that you haven't had a beer that you like yet. Uh, that was me, Spence. I'm, I'm kidding. That wasn't, that was, no, no, that wasn't me. I'm just kidding. Well, and I think you bring up a great point. And this is where, you know, I, I think you're a perfect person for the first podcast. You know, because, I thought so. That's why I invited him. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. One of the reasons why I want to do a podcast, you know, Spence wanted to do the podcast is... Regardless of what spirit you're drinking, whether that's beer or or bourbon or whiskey or wine, we want to take the pretentiousness out of it and to perceive you have to like this, you have to hate this. And, you know, when we get people who are in the industry who make really good stuff, who works within the community and wants to promote that, that's huge. And, you know, it's, it's you and it's other individuals across this whole country. And that's what we're trying to find is trying to get individuals to say, hey, you can drink any beer you want to. It's up to you to have that taste and have that value in it and not have these preconceived notions of I'm drinking beer X. Therefore, it's less or, or worse or better or whatever case might be. And I go back to how I opened the show. We want to take the complexity out of the complicated world of beverage. We want to bring a simplicity back into it and educate listeners, help them find what they like based on what they personally like. No one's gonna know what uh, you'd rather um, enjoy over yourself. So with that in mind, I know you guys wanna know what you've been drinking. Yeah, what have you been drinking? Beer number one from a brewery nearby here Lexington, Kentucky, not too far away. It's the West Six Brewing okay. IPA. Listeners, this uh, this beer sits at seven percent. It is available all year round. Um, on the Beer Advocate, it sits at a three point nine one. Based on what um, we've done today, Kenyatta actually placed that on the tail end of it. And Zach, you know, he said that two was kind of more of what he would want to drink, but this is one that most definitely fit that West Coast style. So this may be a good introductory beer for someone who's trying to get into more of a West Coast. Beer number two, this might come to a shock to you, Zach, is actually Sam Adams Rebel IPA. This beer sits 88% on Beer Connoisseur, and on Beer Advocate, it actually sits 36 so, and they actually label this as West Coast style. So I just find that kind of interesting between the ratings, the price points on both these beers are relatively the same. The price point difference is gonna come into beer number three. Beer number three is actually scored 96 off of Beer Connoisseur if you wanted to pay attention to that. All of us agree I will go ahead and say this is one of my favorite IPAs, personally. I am biased toward this one, which is why I did not want to give my take, knowing what I was drinking. And it is the Bell's Two-Hearted. 
IPA from Kalamazoo, Michigan. I think it's the uh, rated what the best IPA of all time ever, other than like Planet so, Elder. So Just beer that. three was a Bell Sue Harded. Beer three was a Bell Sue Harded. <laughs> okay, it, that makes some sense. It <laughs> consistency is a great thing, guys. Consistency is a beer, great thing. Beer number three, it uh, ranks 96 on Beer Connoisseur, and on Beer Advocate, um, which is more of a general public. It's uh, 4.27 out of 5. So we were, uh, it was 100% here tonight, uh, especially when it came to the idea of West Coast style or just even an IPA. It really is an incredible IPA if you're up for that, that bitterness forward, that hop forward. Either way, all three of these beers I enjoyed. I want to thank Zach for opening his brewery, Great Flood Brewing Company, located in Louisville, Kentucky. Awesome place, great vibe. I've got to taste some of the beer. And if I could actually pitch a little bit, um, Great Floods IPA, um, the East Coast and the West Coast IPA styles, uh, very solid, very solid, solid beer. So, I so mean, please come, awesome. uh, come see Zach, come see his brew crew here at Great Flood Brewing Company. Until next time, love what you drink, drink what you love. Cheers.